welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you for spending part of your day with me. We are continuing on in a series on the podcast on the spiritual disciplines and I'm utilizing Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life and David Mathis's book, Habits of Grace, Enjoying Jesus Through the Spiritual Disciplines. So in episode 52, we were introduced to the spiritual disciplines and why they're important in our lives as believers. In episode 53, we talked about the importance of daily Bible reading. And the last episode, number 54, we talked about meditating on God's word and scripture memory. And today in episode 55, we're digging into the importance of studying God's word. Jerry Bridges says in regard to God's word, he says, reading gives us breath, but study gives us depth. So in 2 Timothy 4.13, the apostle Paul asks Timothy, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. So the apostle Paul here is in prison. He's facing impending death. And he is still a continual student of God's word. I want to give us one more opening quote here from R.C. Sprawl. He says, here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail in our duty to study God's word, not so much because it is difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion, our problem is that we are lazy, end quote there. Well, you know what? I'm lazy, guys. I have time to study the word many times throughout the week, and I choose to do other things that are easier or entertaining over spending time digging into the scriptures. I may even choose to read a book about the Bible over reading the Bible itself. But I know laziness isn't always the issue, Maybe we want to study the word and we don't know where to begin. Uh, Maybe we've never seen it modeled or taught and it can be intimidating. So my hope in the podcast today is to whet your appetite and to get you started on a path of regular Bible study. I'm going to kind of walk through some basic Bible study methods. I'm going to share some resources that are helpful and give some resources to help you get started wherever you're at with it. So before we dig in, let's talk about the benefits of studying God's word. And I I want to be clear here. Let's not mix this up with meditation, which is what we talked about in last the last episode. Meditation is lingering over the truths of scripture. And Donald Whitney's definition again here is great. He says, let's define meditation as deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in scripture or upon life from a scriptural perspective for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. So studying God's word is going to take that deeper, and we're going to dig into various sections of scripture or whole books to find spiritual insight on our own 
and not just reading what someone else wrote about God's word. Because we know all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's our second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17. So the Bible is the source of truth. John 17, 17 tells us, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The Bible is the source of God's blessing. Luke eleven twenty eight says, but he said more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The Bible is the source of victory. Ephesians six seventeen tells us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Bible is the source of growth. 1 Peter 2, 2 tells us, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The Bible is the source of power. I love this verse. Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And then lastly here on these points here, the Bible is the source of guidance. Psalm 119, 105 tells us, familiar to all of us, this verse, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we study the word to know God and what he desires of us. We're going to do this over our whole lifetime until we close our eyes in death. And I love how Jeffrey Thomas said this. He said, when your eyes close for the last time in death and never again read the word of God in scripture, you will open them to the word of God in flesh, that same Jesus of the Bible, whom you have known for so long, standing before you to take you ever to his eternal home. End quote there. I love that thought. I want to let the word change me and break me and cause me to see how big and wonderful our God is and how small I am. And I want to do that until I can do it no more. I want to be like the Apostle Paul, a continual learner until the day I die. In Christ, we're all disciples, which means we're learners. We're to be students of who God is, and we do that by spending time in God's Word, learning who God is. I want to share a couple quotes here from Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word. It's um, how to study the Bible with both our hearts and our minds. And this is a resource I highly recommend is is on all of our shelves as women. She tells us here, she says, The Bible tells us who we are and what we should do, but it does so through the lens of who God is. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of self always go hand in hand. In fact, there can be no true knowledge of self apart from the knowledge of God. He is the only reference point that is reliable. So when I read that God is long-suffering, I realize that I'm not long-suffering. When I read that God is slow to anger, I realize that I am quick to anger. When I read that God is just, I realize that I'm unjust. Seeing who he is shows me who I am in a true light. A vision of God high and lifted up reveals to me my sin and increases my love for him. Grief and love lead to genuine repentance, and I begin to be conformed to the image of the one I behold, end quote. So ladies, we study God's word because truly knowing him is what will make a difference in our lives. And I want to continue on one more quote from Jen Wilkin here. She says, if our reading of the Bible focuses our eyes on anyone other than God, we have gotten backwards the transformation process. 
Any study of the Bible that seeks to establish our identity without first proclaiming God's identity will render partial and limited help. We must turn around our habit of asking, who am I? We must first ask, what does this passage teach me about God? Before we ask it to teach us anything about ourselves, we must acknowledge that the Bible is a book about God, end quote. Very important there. All right, ladies, so my hope is to spur us on to be women who are actively pursuing and studying God's word. We always need to begin studying God's word with prayer, right? Ask the Lord to open our hearts and minds to the truths of his word. And one aspect that's important to Bible study is this word that I most of us have heard. It's called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art of interpretation. It's from the Greek word, and I'm going to botch it, but it's like hermeneu, which means to explain or interpret. All right, so it's the branch of theology that focuses on identifying and applying sound principles of biblical interpretation. So while the Bible is generally plain in its meaning, proper interpretation requires careful study, and it's not always an easy task. So I want to throw some guidelines by us to help us in that, that that these will help inform us of the lens with which we should read any Bible text. These are good starting points to help us interpret scripture correctly. And also there's a great resource on hermeneutics out by um, Wretched Radio. So I think it's wretched.org and it's called Herman Who. And I'll put that in the show notes, but just a great resource there to study and understand um, hermeneutics. So you get a better idea of how to interpret God's word correctly. But I want to give us a few points to do that. Just some simple things to look at. And again, ladies, this is just sweating your appetite. There's so much more than I could share in this podcast. You're going to have to dig deeper and study and do some work on your own here. And I will put a lot of resources in the show notes. And I'm sure that um, as you start digging in there, you'll find some um, aspects to get started here. All right. So here, so here's the lens, some thoughts here, how we should read any Bible text. All right. First off, we read the Bible knowing that our God does not lie, right? He knows all things. He is not a God of confusion. He is clear and he is consistent. If we're having an issue, understanding something in the word, the problem is with us and not the Bible. And then secondly here, read whole books of the Bible together. So you understand the context. We don't start a novel in the middle and expect to understand it. So we definitely shouldn't do that with God's word. We need to read each verse in the context of the chapter in which it appears, and then each chapter in light of the book of as a whole. Then even wider is the book in relation to the whole Bible. And continuing with this neck with this point here, Jesus said the whole Old Testament is about him. And we know the New Testament is about him. So read the Bible with a Christ focus. The Bible's supreme subject is Jesus Christ and the salvation that God offers through him. One way to get a better understanding of the big picture of the Bible is to, to, to grasp the main elements from beginning to end is to read a book like one by Vaughn Roberts. It's called God's Big Picture. Or there's another one by Graham Goldsworthy called um, The Gospel and the Kingdom. Those are good ways to get an overview of the whole Bible and to see how all the different parts fit together. Just good books. But the one truth to remember, whether or not you read one of those books, 
that I just mentioned is to remember that the whole Bible points to Jesus from beginning to end. God always planned to send Jesus. In the, in the Old Testament, God points forward to him and promises his coming in the future. And in the New Testament, God proclaims Jesus to be the one who fulfills all those promises. And hold on to this reminder. It's a quote here from God's Big Picture from Vaughn Roberts. He says, The Bible must be understood and read as one book with one ultimate author, God, and one ultimate subject, Jesus, and God's plan of salvation through his son, Jesus. All right, so those are good things. And my last point in this understanding the lens of interpreting scriptures, again, most importantly of all, begin with prayer. Pray for God's spirit to illuminate the text to you. And we've also been given the spirit, as it says in 1 Corinthians 2.12, that we might understand divine truth. God has not left us without help. He has given us help. All right. Just again, a reminder that I feel like I'm going to just batten down here is make good use of these show notes on this one. I'm going to have resources in there. I'm going to try to put, um, if I remember to do this, and I'm really bad at my Instagram stories, which if any of you follow me on Instagram, you know that. I just, I cannot figure that out for the life of me. I keep trying, but I'm going to try to put some of the resources in the show notes so, or in, the, in my Instagram story this week so you can take a peek at it. All right, we're going to move next into a couple of study methods. And then I'm going to share some of my favorite resources that that I've used and I'm currently using to study God's word. All right. So first off, simply read the text you're going to study over and over again. That's a perfect place to start. You're going to get to know the text. You're going to have a better understanding of what it says. And you really need to do that first before you look at a commentary. And commentaries are not bad to use, but really take that time for yourself to understand and comprehend the text before you even go there. Don't even don't go there yet. Work on it on your own first. And this is a really important step before you even get to the interpretation and application part. And I'm going to be honest here with you. This was not my method until I was introduced many years ago to Jen Wilkins' James Study Online. I relied on commentaries to help me understand God's word, and I still do use commentaries, but her study method has trained me to not go there first. It happens after I've studied and worked hard to understand the text for myself. So as we talk, just reading the Bible, the text that you're, whatever it is, a book or chapter, wherever you're studying, as you're reading that, Keep a notebook handy and make notes of repeated words, of images, ideas, note transitional words, note the genre of the book, write down things you don't understand. And then just a quick side note here, because I want us to all remember this. This isn't easy, ladies. It is hard work studying the Bible. Our God could have revealed his truths to us in so many different ways, but he chose a book. Reading any book is is hard work, and you need to concentrate and pay attention to understand what you're, what you're reading. Your mind can't wander. So if this is a struggle for you, as it really can be for me too, or if it's hard to get motivated to dig deeper into the Word, just take some time and pray. Ask the Lord to grow you in your desire to study and to grow you in your love for the Word. All right, because I've been talking so much about Jen Wilkin and her book and its impact on me, I, I want to share quickly her method with you. And she kind of puts this at the beginning of every one of her studies she has out there. So that's 
really helpful, but it's sort of a similar take to inductive Bible study, but I'm just going to lay it out for you. She uses a method. She calls them the five P's, and this is from her book. It's purpose, perspective, patience, process, and prayer. And when we get to the process part, the fourth step, that's the longest one. I'm going to talk a little bit more there. And I'm going to link to a printout for it in the show notes. And I'm going to go over them just briefly with you here. And again, this is taken from her book, Women of the Word. And she states, it's really, it's not to be used as a checklist, but these are practices that interrelate and they overlap with each other. So the first of the five P's is study with purpose. So simply things like try to understand where your text fits into the big story of the Bible. What part does it play in telling the story of creation, fall, redemption, restoration? How does it point to the reign and the rule of God? She recommends to, this is really just to get a good general idea as you begin and you're starting. And it does get easier over time to see these things. The more you do that, the easier it becomes. The second P was perspective. So study with perspective. These are kind of the simple who, what, why, where, you know, questions here, like who wrote it? When was it written? To whom was it written? In what style was it written? Why was it written? Just asking yourself those questions. Think that through. The third is study with patience. This is important because we can tend to want to just do it and get through it. And there's not a time limit. There's nothing, you know, we don't, if, if you're studying a book of the Bible on your own, there's no, not that you don't, you know, you don't want to study the same book for five years. You may, I, but you probably won't be doing that. But take your time. Don't hurry. Set a very realistic pace and think long-term here. Number fourth is study with process. And this is the little longer step. And this part is really helpful. So you want to read the text methodically for comprehension, interpretation, and application. Those three steps. These are the key in Jen Wilkins' studies, comprehension, interpretation, and application. And I'm going to break these down a bit more as she does. And again, I said her questions are in the front of all her studies and they're applicable applicable for your personal time in studying the word. You don't have to be utilizing one of her studies to do that. So simply the first step in this process she has is comprehension. Simply the question to ask yourself here, what does it say? Um, Jen always recommends, um, said that really weird. She always recommends having a printed copy of the text double-spaced. It's not necessary. You can use your Bible, but it is helpful because you're going to write and make notes all over it. And it gives you a lot of room to work if you like to do that. She recommends to read the text you're studying repetitively. So you, again, making notes, things of repetitive words, particular attributes of God you see described, making note of words you don't understand and pay attention for things like transition words. And transitional words are just words that are connecting new information to what's already been written, or they can prepare us as the reader of what's to come. I always think one of the transitional words that first comes to my mind is the word therefore. And we always ask ourselves, what is the therefore, therefore, right? Um, another thing is to read the text. I'm still in this comprehension. Read it in a couple of different translations and have your dictionary handy to look up words. A simple dictionary is a good thing to have on hand. That It is amazing how much that can open up the text to you alone sometimes by really understanding the depth of the meaning of the words. Um, her next part in the process is interpretation. And that's asking yourself comprehension. We asked, what does it say? 
interpretation, we're asking, what does the text mean? So this is the good place now that you're going to utilize your, your Bible some. You're going to look up the cross-references. Those verses, usually they're in the middle there. Um, there's another great book to have on hand for that. It's the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. It just takes you all through the different verses that relate. This is the place where you can rewrite the text in your own words. Jen likes to get us to paraphrase it. And that's hard to do at first. Um, I like doing it on my own when I know nobody's going to read it but me and to work through it. But it does help you to get a deeper understanding of what the text means. Now, when you've gone through all these points, at this point, she says, at this point, you can consult a commentary. So you've really been digging through. You've gone, what does it say? What does it mean? Now, if you're not really clear on some things, you can kind of look to some commentaries to help you. And then the last part of this process is application. And this is where you're going to ask yourself some questions like, how does this passage teach me about God? How does this aspect of God's character change my view of self? And what should I do in response? Or really, how should it change me? So those are good questions. And again, when I say commentaries, a good place to start is to ask your pastor what commentaries he recommends. That is, I'm just going to throw you there. I have some favorites that I like to use, but I'm just going to tell you to go to your pastor and see who he recommends. It's a good way to start. So one last, the last of the five P's is prayer. <laughs> Such a key point, right? Remember to seek the Lord's help through this whole process and seek his help before, during, and after. All right, so that was Jen's, and that was the um, the five Ps. Again, uh, perspe purpose, perspective, patience, process, and prayer. And in step four, the process, the key parts were comprehension, what does it say, interpretation, what does it mean, and application, how should it change me? All right, another method that I we're all familiar with, or at least have heard of, is the inductive Bible study method. Uh, K. Arthur and Precept Ministries comes to mind when I think of this mess method, and it's where I first learned about it. So again, we're going to gain most from the Word by not just reading it, but thinking deeply on it. And we benefit most from the Word when we study it by simply observing, interpreting, and applying, okay? So the first step is to observe the task, observe the text. I'm sorry. You're asking again, what does the passage say? The next step of this is interpretation. What does the passage mean? And the last here is application. How does the passage transform us? So think James 1:22 here. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There's much more to inductive Bible study, and this is where I'm going to put some resources online for you to take a peek at. There's some free places online to get a little better understanding of inductive Bible study, and then there's obviously some books and things you can purchase to, um, to work through it a little more too. Howard Hendricks said, the ultimate goal, this is a key I want you to remember before I say this, so I'm going to start again. So this is Howard Hendricks. He's got another great book out there on how to study the Bible inductively. He's got a, a good resource too. So he says, the ultimate goal of Bible study, if not to do something to the Bible, it's, 
I'm going to start that again. I'm really obviously having a hard time here. It's almost my bedtime, ladies. I'm really sorry. So again, Howard Hendricks said, the ultimate goal of Bible study is not to do something to the Bible, but to allow the Bible to do something to you. I think that's a great point to remember. All right. So again, this method of study, inductive Bible study, it is just great. And I'm kind of hoping if you haven't done this before, that if none of the above, if you just start with that one, that you would do that for me and just utilize a couple resources. And I'm going to put one particularly online from um, my friend Christy's blog, A Narrow-Minded Woman. And she's just got a great sheet that kind of walks you through it on her website for free. So I'll link to that so you can take a peek at that. Okay, so I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. And I want to share with you that I tend to be one who likes to utilize materials in helping me study God's word. I know some people don't like that. I personally like it. There are many solid Bible study resources out there, and there are also some that are not so good. So do your research. Ask your pastor or his wife or your elders or your women's ministry leaders for recommendations in your church on where to begin in Bible study. And again, if they have things they can recommend for you, or simply if there's a Bible study offered at your church, this is a great place for you to start. It's good accountability. It's already there and set for you ladies. So if you have nothing going on yet, and that's an option, do that. That's a good place to start. So when when I'm on my own to do it, I like to use Jen Wilkins Studies. She has many free online and some to purchase too. I've utilized her James study and I've I've purchased and done her first Peter and her, her Genesis. Um, and right now, I, I do like the studies that take me through a whole book. But currently, I'm going through her study with a group of ladies in my home on the Sermon on the Mount, and it's been really good. Her study works through it verse by verse, and it's kind of nice right now for me because at church, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew, so it's I've really been blessed by my extra time getting to dig a little bit deeper in those um, chapters in Matthew, chapters 5 through 7 there. I've also used Kathleen Nielsen's studies. They're called Living Word Bible Studies. And she, again, just works through whole books of the Bible. Precept Ministries has many good resources. Their inductive study Bible is a helpful tool to get started. And they also have individual studies for books of the Bible. So I like to grab and use those sometimes along with my inductive Bible study or my inductive Bible. Inductive study Bible, let me say that right. (laughs) So the Bible itself, it's just got a nice layout. It's very simple. There's no study notes. There's just the cross references and there's lots of room to write. It alone guides you through how to study a book inductively. But their their ready-made studies are really handy tools too. And then there's another really good one that's very simple and I love them from the Navigators. They're called the Life Change Bible Studies. And they're just good resources to study through a book inductively. And again, I'm going to link to all these in the show notes. So don't panic. Don't start writing down crazy. It'll, they'll be there. So you can take a look there. And again, always, always, if there's something I mentioned and I forgot to put it in or I missed it, just shoot me a note. If you can't figure it out or find it, let me know that so I could throw it in the show notes. Um, A couple other thoughts here as I'm moving down here. I, I've never been part of a Bible study fellowship. I know they call it BSF a lot. There's not one I know of close to me, but I've heard really good things about BSF. I have a couple friends who are in them. I'm going to link to their site in the show notes to see if there's a study group that meets near you. Um, 
These are some good places to start if you're wondering where to begin to dig deeper in the word. But again, you need nothing more than your Bible and the simple steps that we talked about of just, you know, comprehending, reading the text, taking notes, using your cross references, working through it, um, interpreting, determining what does it, what does the text mean? And then application. I mean, these are things you can do without extra resources. Plus there's a lot of free things online to utilize. I know things like the treasury of scripture knowledge are free online. I know blue letter Bible is a great place to, um, get a better understanding of the, the meaning of the words and to look up some other cross references and to just dig a little deeper. So those are two good freebies that are great to, um, to make good use of. Um, start with a smaller book, ladies. Start with something simple like Philippians or James. And from there, maybe when you get through that, then you move to one of the gospels like John. And then maybe you move to an Old Testament book like Joshua. And there is nothing wrong with utilizing a resource to help you. And I'm going to, I'm just going to share why I do it. And because it keeps me accountable it keeps me flowing. I know when I get up that day where I'm going to be so I can leave my materials out on a study day and I have it there. You know, like right now, because I'm working through Sermon on the Mount with a group of ladies, that's a good accountability for me to study the word where sometimes maybe on my own, I may not be as diligent. Um, I struggle just like any of you do out there with this to be motivated or to I don't even want to call it laziness. Maybe it is laziness now that I say that. It's just the sin of laziness, just not wanting to do it. Um, Because it takes time and it's hard and it is not easy at times. So I do like to have a resource handy, but I do want to share with you again, it's not necessary. And my moms with littles out there, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed right now. That is not the purpose of this Um, podcast or this encouragement to study God's word. If you've been here from the beginning series on the spiritual disciplines, we we talked about reading the word. We talked about meditating on it and memorizing it. And you're thinking right now, like, Marcy, are you telling me now I need to take even more time? I can hardly find time to do those things to study the word. You know, what is this going to look like? Well, I do want to remind you, ladies, listen, the Lord knows the season you're in. Do your best for the season that you're in. That's it, okay? Don't compare your time in the word with someone else's. You can't you can't compare your time in the word with me, ladies. I don't have littles at home anymore. I mean, I have a busy schedule with things going on and things to do, but I don't have littles underfoot. So my mornings are a lot quieter than your mornings probably are. And I have a little more time in the morning than most of you probably do. Maybe this is a season where all you can do is just read then just do that. God's word does not return void. And your time reading now will help you when a season opens that you do have time to study. That's going to come back to you. That is not time wasted. That is good time spent. All right. So what about if you do have a bit more time to study and maybe it's not daily. All right. Again, like I said, I don't, I don't study deeply daily. Maybe it's once or twice a week where you can get more time determine how much time you will give to studying God's word because you probably have more time than you think. 
Your time in the word is also a great example that you can give to your kiddos, all right? Just them seeing that this is important to you speaks volumes to them. Let them see how you love God's word. Let them see how God's word is changing you. All right, what about some simple things you can do before church on Sunday? Our church, like we have the the text as ahead of time, we can get it online. And we pretty much know where our pastor's preaching because we're working through a book. So that makes it pretty easy too. But if you have the text ahead of time that your pastor is preaching, take the time to read it. Get an understanding of the context and the background. It's going to be such a help in your comprehension of the sermon and the application of it. All right, I'm, I'm winding down here. So thanks for holding out with me here. But I do want to encourage you again, check out the show notes if you'd like more information. There is just so much to this topic, ladies, and I feel like I've only given an overview. But my hope in doing that is that it's going to make you desire to dig in and get serious with wanting to study the word. I also have a couple of posts and a podcast that may be of help to you over at the blog. Um, so if you go to thankfulhomemaker.com and you go to the right-hand side in the, the search box there on the, the sidebar, one of them is called My Favorite Bible Study Tools. Another post is called Bible Study Helps for Busy Mamas. And I have a podcast called Prioritizing God's Word When Life is Busy. And again, I'll link these all so you don't have to go looking for them. And then I want to share some thoughts from Tim Challies. He has a new book out called A Visual Theology Guide to the Bible, Seeing and Knowing God's Word. It is a really great reference to have on hand. Actually, when I pick it up, it's hard to put it down. But I want to share some quick thoughts here from chapter six. And chapter six was called Why I Should Study the Bible. And I'm just going to list the points. He obviously elaborated on each one of these points, but I'm going to just bullet point to them here with you really quick. He said, we study the Bible to know God, to know God's will, to become godly, to defend yourself, to bear fruit, to fuel your joy, and to fuel your prayers. And in the last chapter in this section, he stated, he said, there are countless benefits found in the Bible. And yet, These benefits only come to us as we diligently apply our minds and hearts to the study of God's word. God does not transfer the benefits of knowing the Bible automatically to us when we are saved. Instead, these benefits become ours as we read, observe, interpret, and apply the Bible. End quote there. All right, so my ladies, as we continue on in this series together, I pray that we will become better students of the word, that we will store up true treasures in our hearts, the treasures of the truth of God and his word and the gift of Jesus. Jesus is enough always. Thank you, my friends, for your time today. Again, please head to the blog for the show notes over at thankfulhomemaker.com. It'll have all the resources mentioned here today and many more that I didn't mention I'm going to add in too. So our next episode in the series here on the spiritual disciplines is going to be on prayer. I have loved working on them all so far, but I'm really looking forward to the next one. Uh, I did set up a category and then a, a tab on the blog for the whole series 
so you can find them easy by hovering over the Christian Living tab on my blog, and the link for the Spiritual Discipline series will appear below, and then you can click on that. And very simply, though, if you subscribe to the podcast and if you subscribe to the blog, you won't miss an episode either. So I'll link to um, both options. Well, I don't, I say both, I have to figure that out. I know it's really easy to subscribe on iTunes if you do it on your iPhone, but I'm like the untechie that can't figure out how to do that. So if you just subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, I think it kind of walks you through it on wherever you listen and on your app there. So ladies, I will see you back here in two weeks on the fourth Tuesday of the month. So that would be April 22nd. And again, always, I'd so appreciate if you haven't yet, if you could take a couple minutes to leave a review on iTunes, if the podcast has been a blessing to you. So have a very blessed week, my dear friends. 